Food processors shutter plants as industry leaders raise concerns about the food supply. Welcome to a special edition of Around Farm Progress. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director at Farm Progress. Coronavirus is creating a fluid and volatile situation for all of agriculture. No sooner does one news item come out, but there's another. As we finished last Friday's episode of Around Farm Progress, we learned of a major plant closing in the hog industry, which is creating a call to action. In this special Around Farm Progress Extra, we want to dig into the latest news of food processing and the pork industry. We're talking with Ann Hess, editor of National Hog Farmer, and her colleague, senior staff writer Kevin Schultz, to learn more about this fast-changing situation. Let's see what they have to say. So glad you two could join me today to talk about the uh, issues swirling around both the the pork industry and I think larger protein industry. But I think we're going to focus on pork because uh, it's Smithfield's plant closing last Friday really sent up a lot of alarm bells. And Ann, you were on a big call today with NPPC. Do you want to start there and run us through what what you were hearing? Definitely, Willie. Thanks for having us on. Um, Really, you know, the message from coming out of today's call with NPPC is it's it's pretty much the impact from COVID-19 is being felt on farm uh, more so than in the pork supply chain. Um, yet, you know, we have a couple packing plants down with Smithfield and the Tyson plant in, in Iowa, but um, they had Dermot Hayes on the call from Iowa State University and he was pretty clear that talking with packers, there's record large storage of pork right now, the pork that was destined for food service, um, that's not been sold. There's still weeks, months of supply there. And um, the porking, the packing plants that have been closed is small relative to the total number of plants we have going forward. So really, um, the kind of the things that MPPC is going back to USDA on are things uh big asks, I guess, for producers, Um, one being that they would like over a billion in pork purchases by the USDA to clear out that backed up meat supply um, so it could supplement some of those food bank programs and uh, take care of some of that restaurant food service products that we're sitting on right now. And then also um, making equitable direct payments to producers um, without eligibility restrictions. Um, Those are the two big asks. They also are working still on making sure that pork producers can be included in the um, emergency loan programs that Small Business Administration offers, as well as there's still hope that China will remove some of those retaliatory tariffs on U.S. pork so that we can export some of that product out of here, too, as well. Interesting. And I noticed that uh, Dr. Hayes and uh, Steve Meyer from Kearns & Associates was pretty clear what that farmers could lose thirty-seven bucks a hog, or almost five billion dollars by the end of the year. I mean, this is significant. Yeah, I mean, and it really before COVID nineteen, we were dealing with two challenging years already with all of the retaliatory tariffs. Um, you know, the hog farmers were generally expecting a profitable year, and now this hit. So, you know, they're saying forecasting earnings of approximately ten dollars per hog on average for twenty twenty. You made a, an interesting comment, and I had seen this in the Wall Street Journal as well on this whole plant closing issue. We do have a lot of pork in supply right now, frozen pork sitting ready to go to the grocery store. Yes, some of it's food service and may need a little attention for repacking. So when someone like the president of Smithfield 
issues uh, an alarm about not being able to fill grocery store shelves. What are we to think about that if Hayes is saying we've got all this pork? I mean, I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but um, that's kind of a dichotomy of messages, isn't it? Yeah. um, You know, being a South Dakotan um, right now, we, our state is getting a lot of, um, a lot of pushback on, we haven't had an um, order from our governor to stay at home. I think people think that with the number of cases, uh, COVID cases coming out of Minnehaha County and half of them are directed uh, to Smithfield plant that they don't realize that plant wouldn't have been shut down. Um, They would have still been essential. So I don't know if some of that, um, the scare tactic is, is coming maybe from the pushback from the community, the state. Um, But, you know, it's, it's, a small portion right now, it's like 7% with those two plants down. It would it would have to take quite a bit more before we're going to start seeing um, some problems at the grocery store. That's you know coming from Dermot Hayes, um, some other reports today from um, Glenn Tonzer. Um, so, you know, some of the things we wouldn't see wouldn't be coming for a few more months before we would have issues, but it would it would take multiple plants being down at the same time. Right. And I think uh, to defend Smithfield a little bit, they've got to make a statement, too, uh, with regard to their their process and their ability. I mean, obviously, uh, today on DakotaFarmer.com, there was a story about a producer who was loading pigs to head to Sioux Falls last Friday when the plant closed. So the personal impact, I guess, like you said before, goes back on the farm. Yes, the Packers are going to take take some heat on their financial balance sheets, but really this hits home on the farm for sure. And these are horrible numbers that Dr. Hayes shared, that's for sure. Kevin Schultz, you're on here with us. What uh, what were you hearing today? I know you sat through a webinar. What was the focus on that in the middle of all this crisis? Well, the National Pork Board uh, uh, webinar took a little uh, kind of a potpourri approach. Uh, and kind of part of it leads right into or uh, what you two were just discussing leads into the first part. Kent Bang from Compeer uh, Financial is talking about some of the assistance that's uh, in dire need uh, from some of these for some of these producers, and um, the uh, through the SBA uh, and granted greater detail than I can provide uh, are available at uh, sba.gov. But uh, uh, Kent was talking about the uh, Paycheck Protection Program, uh, which is available for companies with uh, 500 or fewer employees um, and applications uh, started on April 3rd. And these are to be helping with uh, payroll protection, uh, rent, mortgage interest, interest on existing debt, uh, utility payments. Um, But you do not want to take time uh, or delay in applying for these applications or to start well, the business payroll application started on April 3rd. Uh, independent contractors and self-employed individuals could start applying on April 10th, and they will be open until June 30th. But here's the key part. Funding is limited. 
I forget what uh, the mass number that Kent said had already been people had applied for, and it was a, a large number have already come in. So do not delay, um, not to push a panic button, but uh, if you wait, you may be waiting a lot longer. The payroll effect will be, it's uh, two and a half times your average monthly payroll cost. And that is uh, figured from April 1 of 2019 through the end of March of this year. And you, you get to get that average payroll. These are two-year loans, one interest, uh, 1% interest with no fees. Uh, so that's a little bright spot for uh, producers, uh, potentially for producers on the Paycheck Protection Program. There's a there's an added benefit to the Paycheck Protection Program, unless I'm wrong, and that is that if you don't lay anybody off, you maintain your payroll for at least eight weeks after the crisis ends. That could be a grant instead of a loan. The other side of that is that you could get this money, keep the lights on, keep the pigs fed, keep your people there, and not have to pay it back. Right. You must maintain a staff numbers and payroll uh, at a level at least 75% of the prior salary. Okay. So that's something to keep in mind too. This is actually, that's why you should be applying. And I've also heard that more smaller community banks, and, uh, and I don't know if Compere can play, maybe the Farm farm Credit Service can play. I wasn't clear on that. Is that true? Can they? Yes. The Farm Credit uh, was a late addition, as I understand. Cool. Uh, so Compere is one. Um, uh, they are participating, but uh, uh, farm credit institutions are eligible, but uh, be sure to check with your lender and uh, sba.gov may provide some of that information as well, or the pork board themselves may have information to, you know, if your lender uh, is not uh, participating, I don't know why they wouldn't be, but, uh, you know, pork board may have some resources that can and uh, point you in the right direction too. Yeah, there are some issues with regard to capital requirements at banks. That's why Wells Fargo loan, loaned out $10 billion under the Triple P program and had to stop until they could lay the debt back off on the U.S. Treasury and then they could do it again. So this is a very complex program. Frankly, folks, uh, I've never seen the government move quite this fast. The aid checks are going in the mail today. Uh, people will start seeing the direct deposit from the IRS by tomorrow or Thursday, depending. It's going to phase out. Anything else uh, that you guys caught in these calls? I guess what I want to get is uh, we're in a crisis. Do we feel like there's a way out of this? I mean, what's the sense? And from what you're hearing, you were on within the National Pork Producers Council. What was the sense of those that call? I think, you know, the sense of the call is really um, getting some help for these producers that have already been in some challenging market times. Um, you know, they're, they're worried we're going to lose producers. Um, you know, it, it echoed, I had a couple conversations today with a producer from Iowa, a producer from South Dakota. What are you doing in the short term? You know, changing feed rations, trying to just keep these hogs. They're calling around to other plants to see if they'll take them. Um, you know, it's, it's day by day, but in the long term, you know, we could lose more more producers um, after this is said and done. So they're really looking for for help um, on the farm level, and I think that's where it's really needed right now. Yeah, that's a it's it's a tough ride, and it isn't fair. Like you say, we've had two years of, well, frankly, in agriculture, we've been through six years of soft prices, both on the commodities and on the livestock side. There have been some bright spots, but it's been ugly as well, and this doesn't help. Want to thank Ann Hess, editor of 
National Hog Farmer and Kevin Schultz, Senior Staff Writer, for joining me today. Kevin, was there anything else you wanted to add before I sign off on this? Well, the only thing that really kind of hit me, uh, or an additional thing that hit me, um, you know, we're talking about the money side of things, and obviously you can't ignore that. That's the very big portion of this. But both Heather Fowler uh, with the National Pork Board and Monsi Tormorello from the University of Minnesota, we're talking about uh, the human side of it. And, you know, we talk about, or we've always heard social distancing, social distancing, keep keeping uh, away from people, basically, mm-hmm. to help the people side of things. Yes, you don't want to congregate, but you, the the new term now, which I hadn't heard before today, is uh, physical distancing. Mm-hmm. You, we need that social interaction with people for our sanity. So practicing the physical distancing and, and you know working your barns, you know uh, what the general public has been taught, you know in the in this COVID crisis is all the things that pork producers have already been doing for years in biosecurity and you know just they both uh, reinforced that aspect of it just you know maybe staggering work schedules uh you know one one part of the staff is working monday wednesday friday and the others uh you know tuesday thursday saturday um working just mornings another staff works afternoons so you're not having that uh you know, that face-to-face crowding in the office or even uh, side-by-side in the in the barns that you may normally have uh, just to take these precautions and we will get through this. Right. I appreciate that. And yes, social distancing is one word. Um, I've heard the phrase physical distancing. It's good to keep in touch with people. Use the Zoom, use the FaceTime, keep in touch. Like you say, the variable work times, but you're right. We know how to do this. Um, I sometimes feel like we may end up showering in and showering out of cub. Um, mm-hmm. Just <laughs> how this is going. At least in our industry, we know how to do this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and uh, one more thing that Heather Fowler said, you yes. know, we are heading into allergy seasons. So don't get the two uh, symptoms confused. You know, just because you're sneezing and puffy eyes or whatever, it may, as much as we've been told about all the symptoms of COVID, it may not be COVID. It may just be allergies. So to be sure, you know, we're not isolating people just because they suffer from uh, hay fever or something. So uh, it, be cautious, but let's not be too uh crazy about it either. Yeah, I think that's important as well. Again, I want to thank Ann Hess from National Hog Farmer and Kevin Schultz as well from the National Hog Farmer team for joining me today in this special Around Farm Progress Extra as we try and keep up with how COVID-19 is impacting the livestock industry, specifically the pork industry, which in the last few days has taken it pretty hard. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, Have a great day. And as usual, stay distant and stay safe. Targeted action for the industry and for individual farm operations will be key moving forward. Our thanks to the National Hog Farmer team with editor Ann Hess and senior staff writer Kevin Schultz for their insights on the issue. The entire Farm Progress team is covering the COVID-19 issue from across the country with local insights into what's happening and constructive ideas on actions producers can take to protect themselves and their businesses. The best way to find our coverage is to visit farmprogress.com forward slash coronavirus. This site section is constantly being updated. Thanks for listening to Around Farm Progress Extra, a special edition of our new podcast where we drill in on a specific issue. 
Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional magazines, as well as Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer, and Feedstuffs. And of course, the Farm Progress Show and Husker Harvest Days. Join us next time as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.